damn, I did not know that you were this big of a, a share fan. No wonder you saw this movie at like nine, what, six? Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And today I finally watched Moonstruck. I thought, you know what? There was a lot of movies my parents showed me at a inappropriately young age. And Moonstruck is one of those movies for me. It's something about Mary soon. Don't even get me started about there's something about Mary. We'll save that story for that episode. What did you think of this when you were a kid, though? I loved it as a kid. I don't know why. I mean, okay, so I like it now. I do. I really like the movie. Um, but I remember thinking, like, what a good movie it was when I was a kid. I also thought maybe Cher was like an actual actress. Like, like she was an actress first and then a singer, not the other way around. Um, right. But I remember really liking and rooting for Nick Cage's character. And the only real difference that I had watching it now, thinking like, I really like it. I really think Cher did a great job. But I was like, wow, what a creep Nicolas Cage's character is. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like doing a different thing than everyone else, except, except the final scene in the, in the house. He's like a lot more normal. Yeah. But he's like doing this weird thing with his voice throughout the whole movie. And it's pretty, pretty overacting, you know, overacted from him. I lost my hand and my bride. He has his hand. He has his bride. <laughs> he does this breathy thing when he talks too, which <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not even going to, I was, I thought about it, but no, I don't, I don't have it in me. It'll, it'll come out bad. Um, apparently the reason Nicolas Cage is in this movie is because of Cher. Um, the studio wanted Peter Gallagher, who is uh, the dad from the OC along within a bunch of other shit, but that's where I'll always know him from. Oh yeah. Um, and she just was like, well, I'm going to quit if you don't let Nicolas Cage do it. And they did. And I guess mm-hmm. it turned out fine. But um, yeah, otherwise, you know, it you know what, him. though? It, it would have been very like, um, oh, you know, what a good movie. People would have left theaters and been like, oh, OK, clap, clap, clap. But now you'll never forget this movie for as long as you live. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. I thought um, Cher was great in it. Um, she hasn't done much great since 1987 from what I've read. Uh, well, from an acting standpoint. Oh, right. Yeah. So not from a singing standpoint. No, she's put out some bangers since then. Um, and I really like the mom, Olympia Dukakis. I thought it was great. And this is the, and what's funny. They both won. And I don't know if Cher's been nominated since, but Olympia Dukakis has never been nominated since. Um, and she won this one time. So, well, when and you say it, win, just for our audience, the Academy Award. And we don't, we don't talk about the Globes or the People's Choice here, Alon. No, we, we go for the, the, big, the gold standard. Yeah, yeah exactly. The big award. Um, I thought it was perfect casting, casting her as the mom. I was like, they look just alike. You know, it's really funny, though. So she, Olympia Dukakis, is only 15 years older than Cher. Mm-hmm. Cher is 18 years older than Nicolas Cage. So Cher was not 38 years old during the time of this shoot. Is that how old Nicolas Cage was? I have no idea. No, that's, the, that's how old her character was supposed to be, I believe. Oh, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think she was. Well, unless, unless Nicolas Cage was 20. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my hand! I'm an 18-year-old. I just got out of high school. <laughs> he made me look the other way. Yeah, that's I do want to get into um <laughs> the intricacies of the of the plot when we get to that point. But uh this came out in eighty seven. Nicolas Cage was twenty three years old. So then she was forty one. Yeah. Well, you so know, she was funny. she was actually really close to the her age in this. Yeah. Um, well, 
if we're kind of, you know, getting into the plot of this movie, she's supposed to be getting married to a guy named Johnny who looks way older for her character wise. Like his character looks way too old for her character. But I guess they would pretty much be the same age. Do you know how old the actor is? He was fifty. He was fifty-four at the time of the movie. Oh, so he's still fifteen years old. He was Everyone's... thirteen. Yeah, he was actually. Everyone... Should've... <laughs> he should have been going out with Olympia Dukakis. Everyone is fifteen years apart in this. In this. Well, movie. hold on. Let's see. Cosmo, the father, he would have been. He was born in nineteen twenty, so he was fifty-seven at the time. So he was probably I, that puts him at about the same age as the mom. So he was all right. But yeah, Johnny, played by Danny Aiello, um, was way too, way too old for Cher. Well, 13 years, and she was way too old for Johnny, which is funny. So I guess they're like fucking 30 years apart. Yeah. Nicolas Cage, and no wonder they don't have a relationship. And his brother? <laughs> yeah. Johnny and Ronnie, which is just excellent, excellent characters, you know, names. Yeah. Really thought everything through i actually you know what though i mean that's kind of purposefully done and they kind of kind of play that off in the movie but i really like Cher's character loretta i feel like everything she does all right so let's break down movies with with like famous singers from like the 80s and 90s right because we have this movie with Cher, um and then we have the bodyguard with whitney houston which Which we also may be doing exactly (laughs) this is just going to be that have you ever seen a movie starring Barbara Streisand? Uh, no. Me neither. But I hear really good things. Uh, we could do Crossroads with Britney Spears. <laughs> Same thing, yes. Um, oh, yeah, we have to do A Walk to Remember with Taylor. Uh, with Manny Moore? Yeah. Yes, obviously. Manny Moore. No, no, no. That's going to be our Frozen episode. Oh, Dukes no. of frozen tangled tangled episode then we got to do dukes of hazard or we can just watch the dukes of hazard jessica simpson music video actually yentl that's the barbara streisand movie everyone's talking about is yentl unless you want to watch the 1976 a stars born oh speaking of stars born we could do that one the most recent gaga? one for lady gaga yeah yeah never seen it let's get to the movie um which one I- <laughs> moonstruck the one uh, that we are reportedly doing now yeah i uh i love the cameo from fraser's dad who i'll just always <laughs> know is fraser's dad did you ever watch fraser no but you're talking about the guy from the dinner scene that keeps getting dumped by the young ladies right yeah which actually he apparently his name is john mahoney he uh credits this movie with getting him the part in fraser so i thought you were gonna say he credits this movie for getting laid or something <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. No, his his little character thing is great. Um, and I especially love the dynamic he has between him and Loretta's mom. Rose. Rose, yep. Um, no, yeah, I agree. It starts out, I guess, in this restaurant that it seems like it's a restaurant where everyone in this part of New York goes to. And people get dumped and people propose. So just a random Italian restaurant in New York. Correct. Um, and yeah, uh, Fraser's dad, that's what I'm going to call him, gets uh, a drink thrown in his face because he's with a really young lady and they're arguing. And I love his line of like, just get me a large vodka and uh, just take away every piece of evidence that she has ever existed from this table. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love the wait, wait staff of this restaurant too. It's just like very, uh, very expect. Like they know everyone very personally who walks into their doors. Yeah, they have like a, a busboy ready to clear off the, you know, his date. His name's Perry in the film. Okay. Well, I really like um, how. <laughs> well, okay. Let's dissect Johnny's proposal for a second. First of all, I love the wait staff staff being like Johnny's proposing tonight. Oh, I um, you could tell very quickly without him saying much that he's a loser. I love it. I I really love that about the film because I feel like 
this film does a lot in which um like it gives the it gives every character something to do that represents of who they are as a character oh what what do you mean so i mean i guess in in johnny's case it is a lot about what he says um not so much action wise but like you know he he gives his opinion about what a funny thing it is when a man can't control his woman or something like that yeah, the look she gives too it's just like oh like you like you're good at it yeah 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 uh, no, it's funny it's great and then the proposal itself is just like you know can we get married she's like was there a ring he's like ah she's like, no there's no ring and she's like you're not even on your knees and he's like oh and then the whole restaurant stops just to watch it's just like, oh, you could have, if you'd just done it right away, you could have like gotten this over with, but now you got to do it in front of everybody. And his little, also, his little, little protests, like she wants him to get on his knees and he's like, but this is a good suit. And she was, she's like, what about your pinky ring? He's like, I like this pinky ring. Like, I like the, I like the suit. She's like, I picked it out for you. It's got two pair of pants. I like when she goes home and she tells her dad this and he's like, what? He's like, yeah, and and she 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 tells her father, who doesn't like Johnny in the first place, like, yeah, he got down on on one knee and and proposed to me with this ring, and he's like, Johnny did that? Doesn't sound like Johnny, <laughs> right? Yeah, the dad has a very interesting like, it's not an arc. He's he's the same character throughout, but it feels like an arc because of the way we learn about him. Like in the beginning, he seems like just kind of this old school very caring father like you know and he's in a loving marriage although we don't i guess we don't get much and then you very quickly find out that he's kind of just an asshole yeah and then everything (laughs) this is a little bit jumping ahead but how did you like that the end of this movie everything was resolved in one scene just a just a teamo here a teamo there and then yeah we're good bing bang boom it's done yeah I was gonna, I was gonna try and fuck with you earlier and just send you a text that like, oh, the ending of this movie really just changed my whole opinion of it, but it, it did, but just like in a very, in a very good way. Like I, I love the ending of this movie, and so I really want to, like, dissect it. I think every line of that is perfect. And I was reading that the director, who also seems like he is, um, is like, I guess has some stage experience, but he, he directed a lot of the interior scenes as if they were like stage plays. And so that last scene, he explains explains Nick Cage's acne (laughs) to back to the back seats. Uh, But he was like, they went over that over and over and over and over again to get it right. Um, And I think it obviously worked out on that. Um, I do think some of the plot a little bit seems like too convenient as far as how quickly the mom and dad stories wrapped up and then also how quickly um how quickly nick cage and Cher fall for each other right well we also chose this movie because it wasn't three and a half hours long so yeah they had to speed (laughs) it up um the next scene i think that is is kind of funny is the going to the airport scene and you and i had talked about a little of this before but um so once again johnny's just kind of a sad sack and then you know she sends everything this character does is just fucking loser material and especially when he comes back into town i'm just waiting there like okay what's what's he gonna fuck up now you know and then the bags and the bags um there's this old woman in the in the uh remember back when you could see the plane off in the airports and you can't do that anymore. So I didn't fly. I don't know that I've, I've maybe flown once before September 11th. Now my brothers did. And so, yeah, we would go up to the gate to greet them off the plane. And then now, yeah, that's just like crazy. Like you'll never do that again. Yeah. All the movies, all the movies and where like the whole family. Okay. Sorry. I have a better example. All the movies where the lover, the main character lover, has to chase their uh, 
love through the airport before they get through the on the on their plane through the gate um i think love actually is the one that really comes to mind love actually definitely um but you, you know there's so many movies that uh they have to <laughs> they have to run through the terminal run to the gates before their their true love gets on that airplane out of the country and those movies are so dated now yeah um what you don't normally see is a older italian woman hexing a plane from the from the gate that's that's new to me did you expect that plane to just blow up right there like at takeoff so i think i either read the imdb or the hbo max description of the movie and based on that i was like i didn't think it was going to but i was like maybe because it described it as like share having to make a choice or something and i was like well if you die there's not much of a choice it's just you can start having sex with nicholas cage right away which is a um, choice in and of itself it is with one hand too i'm wondering what the I love that it's just they put a glove like it's the hand is like a pivotal a pivotal plot point and then they just put a glove on it for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like I can't show this wooden prosthetic hand in too much light or too many different angles because it looks real bad. Also, you're planning a wedding right now. Could you imagine planning a wedding in one month? <sighs> yeah. Um. I, that's another thing too, right? Is that he proposed... <laughs> okay, so hold on. We forgot to mention this plot thread. He proposes to her, but he can't get married to her right away because his mother is dying in Sicily. So he, yeah. has, to, he has to go to his ailing mother. Um, I think, is it that night or is it the next day? I can't remember. It felt like that night. Yeah, this whole movie takes place over like three and a half days he's in sicily for only three and a half days so think about yeah we can just do this part really quick so they have dinner she drives him to the airport he's like call my brother she says okay i will he calls the next day and says have you talked to my brother and she's like no i haven't yet i need you to do this she calls him gets yelled at goes to him they then have sex he's like the next morning, she's like, this is wrong. He's like, come to the opera with me tonight. She goes to the opera with him. They have sex and Danny again. I and Danny Aiello comes to her house while she's having sex after the opera. And then the next morning, the movie ends. It's like the perfect play in three acts. Yeah, no, yeah. but it also means that he was on a plane for a long time for very like limited reason i will we'll get i love that scene where he he calls her from sicily and, and i want to kind of dissect that scene when we get to it um we're not quite at the opera yet i think you kind of not even close we're not even close but you you kind of said it yourself you know um she drives him to the airport to go on this plane and ask her to call his brother um in which she has to be reminded of the next day by him how when was this movie made 87 that's when it came out when it came out okay so it was made before that what are the logistics on having to make a international phone call oh my god i remember when i was in fucking i guess i was 16 so that would have been like 0203 because it could have been 15, whatever. I had a cell phone. And if I tried to use that phone from another state to call back into Florida, it was like a whole fucking roaming thing with charges. So like that call from Sicily, I just can only imagine like the international charges for that. And, and um, so he calls her to basically just remind her to call his brother. Well, Annie says, yeah, I don't think this is going to last very long. I think mom is going to die soon. Right. And the whole reason he wants her to call uh, Ronnie is he wants him to be there for the, for the wedding 
because he doesn't want to get married with bad blood between them. Yeah. It, one thing about this movie is you don't really buy, and the age difference is one thing, but you don't, I don't buy them as brothers. Like, cause it, there's not really well, it's that. Well, hard much. because they, they share one scene at the very end for five minutes. And they barely talk to each other. They say like three lines between them, you know, like, Oh, hey, Ronnie, you're here. Ron, uh, yeah, Johnny, we have something to tell you. Johnny, can you hand me the ring? <laughs> like, that's it. And then, like, you know, there's a dying mo- mother in Sicily, and to avoid having Nicolas Cage care about it, he's like, oh, we weren't, we're not close. I'm not close with my mother. And she's Actually, like, okay. He says his mother hates him. Right. As no one in this entire family likes Ronnie. Well, Johnny seems to. He wants him at the wedding. Yeah, it almost feels like Ronnie is the the real problem you know in what? the family, not the other way around. Look, we're gonna have to just go to the end now. Um, so, <laughs> wow, okay. Because I'm gonna lose this train of thought if we do it at the end. So, at the very end of this movie, and I I saw this coming because of like Johnny goes to the house when he gets right back from Sicily. He's like, I need to talk to her. It's like, all right, well, what could you need to talk to her about? Either you found another woman, you cheated, or you don't want to marry her. So whatever. So then he, the next morning is like, yeah, Cher, sorry, don't want to marry you. And I like was really struggling to figuring out the logic of why he didn't want to marry her. I guess to me, what it seemed like was I was only proposing because I knew that news would make mother happy and it saved her. And so now I don't want to enter into a marriage I didn't want to, right? That's what it seems like. From his view. Yes. So then... If that's the case, when you go to Sicily, either it's going to work and your mom's going to be alive and you're going to break off the marriage, or it doesn't work, your mom dies, and then you're going to break off the marriage. <laughs> so this marriage was not going to happen. So why were you inviting Ronnie, Ronnie to a wedding that wasn't going to happen? That's not how I took it. You want to you know how I took it? Sure. Okay, because the line in the movie is that Okay, well, first we find out that he's there. And Cher wants to know if if he broke the news to his mom about them getting married. And he's like, not yet, right? And she's like, well, do it before she dies. And basically, as we're meant to think when he does it is when, like, her last dying breath, he breaks the news that he's getting married. And somehow that miraculously recovers her completely and then he says well because she's not dying anymore i don't want to get married with you how i took that is that the news of us getting married brought her back from the brink of death and so now that she's alive i want to be with my mom i don't want to be with you no 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 if we get married like, she's hanging on until we get married. So if we get married, she has no reason to hang on. It doesn't make sense, but <laughs> either which way we look at it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And, I, yeah, I know that there is some explanation, but that explanation was not delivered in the movie at all. And because he says, if I marry you, mother will die, which I guess – lends credence to your thought that like oh the the proposal saved her but if we get married then she has no reason to stay alive well unless if it's some weird like italian superstition thing yeah but i don't know i was fully expecting at the end of this movie for shares gypsies tramps and thieves to like start playing damn i did not know that you were this big of a a share fan no wonder you saw this movie at like Nine, what, six? Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Yeah. Well, um, as, long as, as long as we can agree that the ending doesn't make sense, that's fine. But yeah, because his, his he doesn't give a full explanation, so you can't really understand his motivation. And then because you can't understand his motivation, it's like, well, okay, why did... But maybe you're right that in her living, he then was like, all right, now I can't marry you. And yeah, because Ronnie says... He says, like, oh, if I marry you, my mother will die. And he's like, oh, like, not. Nah. He, I think he says, like, oh, she's still controlling you. You're such a mama's boy. 
And so that almost made it seem, I don't know, like maybe he's going to move to Sicily. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, Johnny has a weird relationship with his, his mom. Definitely. Um, I, I actually never believe that his mom was dying. <laughs> she was very talkative for a dying lady when we saw her. I will say that. Um, let's get back to the present of what we are talking about. I do love how the share tells the old lady that's cursing the airplane. She's like, I don't believe in curses. And the lady's like, me neither. <laughs> she looks over, share looks over at the, at the runway and it's like, is the plane going to blow up? No. My thought is, I was like, why <laughs> is, is this, why is this scene in there though? If the plane's not going to explode and then no, the, the plane doesn't explode. I love scenes like that in movies, just like little pointless scenes that kind of flesh out characters thoughts um so like train of thoughts i just think it it one it kind of fleshes out the character a bit uh but two it's not important plot wise at all it's just like a cute uh breathable moment in the in the movie if that makes sense no no i agree with you i and i do think it does a little bit it maybe throws the audience off because this is sort of a prototypical rom-com as far as like the you know they meet they fall in love way too quickly and then they end up together and so if you throw that out there like oh is the brother gonna die yeah because um, you know when i think of rom-com lead i think of nick cage obviously i mean we saw we, we did face off so have you have you seen national treasure i don't know i don't know, I, I don't know. he just he looks he looks a lot he looks He's a good a looking dude in this yeah he he has this weird breathy delivery yeah. delivery yes. voice thing yeah i don't know yeah that's that was all odd um we already talked a little bit about the scene with the father where he just hates johnny uh we find out that her first husband was hit by a bus mm-hmm. which uh you know she this whole movie is playing up like she just believes she has bad luck and that's that's like affecting everything and then the dad's there's this little side story with the grandpa the dad's like, I won't pay for any of the wedding. And the grandpa's like, got this group of friends that just meets up. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make sure Cosmo pays for the wedding. Sure. But why do they meet up in front of this grave? And whose grave is this? Now, I'm assuming it's just like one of their friends that they used to meet up with. And now they're just like, you know, got to make sure Earl's still involved. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, what if another one dies and he has to be buried in a different place? Then you got to switch up the meetings, I guess. Um. I love her reasoning on on why her father has to pay for the wedding. She he's like, I didn't pay for your last wedding, and she's like, and see what happened. So maybe if you pay for this one, it won't <laughs> you won't get hit by a bus, <laughs> which is really a win win for her father because if he doesn't like Johnny, he's like probably doesn't mind for Johnny to get hit by a bus. Absolutely. Well, he is super rich though. Like that house in New York City. Yeah. I also love how they went in to wake up his their um <laughs> their mom to wake up the mom Rose and she's like he's not poor he's cheap yeah well and that at that point too you're like you're kind of unsure of everything and then you see kind of the uh, the ads for his plumbing business where he's like or no it wasn't an ad it was just him him like trying to sell to these people and then he thought that was an ad like a tv ad <laughs> well and then he's trying to sell to uh sell to his date too, t- telling her about copper about how like i only use copper pipes like that's his big move to to talk about the copper pipes yeah um so now we get to where we're gonna meet nicholas cage um she calls him up he hangs up with on her just like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not coming to the wedding and <laughs> what's wrong can never made, be made right. <laughs> and then she calls him an animal and then she goes down there. And I do love this little side character. I don't know. Is it Chrissy? I think her name is. Yeah. The, who's the, just like the Baker, the receptionist at the big shop. Who's for in no reason for no reason is just in love with Nicolas Cage but he just doesn't care I like how she has a whole monologue basically to herself she's like I was in love with him but after he lost his hand how could he love anyone (laughs) 
and then they decide, I guess, to go for a walk. I, I love his explanation of like, well, you know, I was, he asked me to cut him, cut bread. And because of that, I, I made my head. And like, as the audience, you're like, well, how's that Johnny's fault? And then she's like, okay, but seriously, how's that, how's that Johnny's fault? <laughs> Cher asks the same questions. You know, we talk about how Nick Cage's acting in this is so over the top and is so out of place from everyone else's. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to know what the director's instructions to Nick Cage was in his, in his line reading. It's like, hey, you, you see how normal everyone else is reading their line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't do that. Or maybe Nicolas Cage started even weirder and the director actually brought him back a little bit, and that's what we got in the movie. And it's like the best takes. When you told me that they shot that last scene so many, so many times, and you said it was Nick Cage at his like most normal, makes me think that the the take they end up using <laughs> was just like a, they told everyone that this is just rehearsal, and so no one no one put their hundred percent in it, and they just used all the takes from Nick Cage's rehearsal for that johnny i gotta talk to you oh yeah i got it yeah, yeah. i got the breathiness good job um the next scene is when we find out that the cosmo is cheating and i gotta tell you like before that i was like oh he's gonna be kind of this cool old father character that just like talks a lot of shit and is like kind of the comic relief and then you're like oh no this guy's an asshole just like kind of not a good guy at all yeah, I was, it took me a little bit to catch up on like, oh, because, you know, Rose is having a heart to heart with her daughter, Cher, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> she's like, you know, I have, a, I have a feeling your father is cheating on me, and Cher's like, no, and then we as the audience is already supposed to know this, but I didn't connect it as a for sure thing until we see him later with the woman, I was like, Oh, he is cheating on her. He's at dinner with her, selling his, you know, he's trying to sell her the pipe. So I thought it was a business meeting, <laughs> but he was trying to sell her a whole different kind of pipe. That was, that was the, that was, was clearly the joke I was going for. That initially. was the joke you were making. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a copper pipe. Um, so now we get back to the, the share and the Nicholas Cage and they're in his apartment. Pretty nice apartment for a dude who just, shovels what coal into a into furnace. a uh, furnace yeah he's clearly not a baker anymore because of the you know he's not slicing bread because of the hand so yeah i don't know what what he's uh how he's I, maybe he owns the place i don't i don't know it, did you feel like his ronnie's apartment was a little bit too like organized on what you think his character would have as an as an apartment He's kind of this ruggeded bachelor guy, and he has like this very nice, I don't very know, put together place. Especially yep. his kitchen. His kitchen is very, uh, yeah. Well, he also loves opera, which is something you do not expect from this guy. Um, I love that's, opera. Yeah, that's something that I. I was like, does meet me at would the he, Met? Would he? Would he like opera? You I have don't. To meet me at the Met for dinner. Are you done? The Met. Yeah, I'm done. Um, <laughs> I like her analogy of like, you're a wolf and this lady had you trapped and you chewed your foot off to get away from her. Um, and which comes back later when he's like, you know, if I'm a wolf, just because you, like, you come running to me means that you're not a sheep. Like, you know, it's like, you're not, you're not innocent in this. You're like, you're after me too. Like, you want this as much as I do. So I like him like, putting that analogy back to her also he's like i'm not gonna eat that steak because i only eat steak well done it's like okay you are a fucking crazy person (laughs) um and she only gets that analogy of the wolf that he's a wolf is from that couple that she does so what does she do for a living because in the beginning we kind of see her go to a funeral home and then the shop does she just do everyone's like accounting for like yeah, she's she's in a bookkeeper slash accountant for everyone in her like family. Yeah, the local community. I mean, this is a very you know it's a very tight knit Italian movie, so she's probably doing it for a lot of the neighborhood people. 
You know, I have to say and really appreciate to finally watch an Italian-based movie that is not either Goodfellas or The Godfather or some fucker trying to, like, kill a guy and stuff his body in a trunk. Which one was that one? All of the Above You. All of the Above, I just mentioned. Yeah. And it's honestly a super Italian movie, too. Like, the last names, the way they talk, the sprinkling in the Italian. Um it's also a very New York movie too. Like, and you don't, I didn't remember a lot of like the overarching shots of like the Statue of Liberty and the Twin Towers, right? That, but it's like, even being like pretty contained, you definitely felt like a New York movie um, to me. I don't know if you felt that way. What do you mean you don't remember? This is your first time watching it. Yeah, I'm saying I don't remember from now until like back when i watched it like a few hours ago i don't remember (laughs) if there were some b-roll of the statue of liberty uh not the statue of liberty but there was twin tower shots um and then there were well it was it was the it was the skyline so it was the empire state the twin towers and um it was this transitional one between nightfall where you see the moon and then the next day which was really well done for 1987, having this kind of time-lapse thing going on. Um, so you you do get New York as a whole, but they really wanted you to concentrate on, what, 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 what was this, like Little Sicily? It was Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well... What would you what would you call this area? <laughs> what, would you, what would you call this quaint little New York section? And then I, I thought this is a lot of like rom-com movies, but they're going from like him, like not wanting to speak with her to them banging was very quick. Clears the table, picks her up, kiss. He, no, clears the table, kisses her. He didn't clear the table. He fucking threw the table. <laughs> he tipped it over. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and then she's like, no, but then immediately kisses like, starts kissing, kissing him. Um, then he picks her up and she's like, oh, where are we going? He's like, to the bedroom. And he's, she's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> also the, uh, to the bed. She's like, I don't believe this is happening. Oh, take it out on me though. Take it out, all your frustration with John. Take it out on me. <laughs> You know, actually, you know that rumor where Nick Cage was supposed to play Superman? Yeah. Um, and, and the movie never got made, but you have all those set photos of... of he should have been cast as fucking Batman. With that breathy dialogue delivery. Or uh, Lex Luthor. Shave his head. Fucking crazy, crazy rich eccentric guy. He's perfect as that. It's great. Also, I love old sex scenes in movies that are like PG-13 where like no clothes are removed, but they just start humping each other as if they're having sex. It just like it practically makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, it always makes you laugh. <laughs> Especially when it's Nick Cage and Cher. And then the next scene is we get why this movie is called uh, Moonstruck. And it's the story about... Uh, the brother, uh, Rose's brother, talking about the time that Cosmo came over and brought the moon with him, and it was so like vibrant and bright and right there. Um, and then the next scene is like this big moon, uh, like as you know, right after Cher and Johnny have have done it, and uh, everything's fine that night. And then the next day, she's like, "You ruined my life," <laughs> and uh, or no. John, uh, uh, Ronnie Nicholas Cage is like you ruined my life and she's like that's impossible it was ruined when I got here <laughs> I love that line and then you know he's like I'm in love with you and you're like oh wow you know you kind of seemed like you just wanted the sex and you wanted the whole time I'm, I, I know this isn't going to happen but it feels like Nicholas Cage is just like this is all part of like a revenge ploy right, right. to like fuck over johnny because of what johnny did to him although johnny didn't do it. the the explanation in the apartment of like i still don't understand why you blame johnny he's like he made me look the other way 
it's like it, we can't take the time to explain things in this movie. We're, we're moving fast. And so it's just like either you buy it that he's been pissed at him for five years because of the hand, which if you slightly like, if you're like, he did something that like made me, you know, gave me like a, uh, uh, made me move fast and I cut my hand off. Then, you know, you know, you probably would blame that person, but still it's just like not explained well. Yeah, I know. Well, like you said, you either buy it or you, or you don't. Um, but the other thing about it was is that he blames Johnny, but there's no reason on why he would like take it out on Cher's character, on Loretta. Well, he doesn't take it out. He gets it in, you know what I mean? You see what I'm saying, though? Like, no reason. Why he would fuck over her life, too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, no. And I mean, the, the, the explanation of the movie is that he loves her, that he's in love with her very quickly. And she obviously is, too. I mean, well, I, I, I think... see what you're saying, though. Without him actually verbalizing it, it really does feel like he's only in it for the sex. Because every chance he gets, he's like, sex now? Sex now. All right, after opera, sex now? <laughs> Why do men hunt women? <laughs> they kept saying because men were fearing dying. It's like, no, it's the sex. Um, you already talked about the scene where the mom uh, tells Cher she thinks she knows the husband's cheating on him. But that comes right after the confession. And the priest, like almost like one, he just says he knows who it is. He knows it's Loretta, which normally in these movies, it's like the priest pretends to not know who this person is. But he's just like, oh, Loretta, you know, he's like worried about her, right? You know, and that kind of, shows this like tight-knit community but he's just like you know oh you cheated on johnny and it's like you know be careful like because you know you're gonna get hurt and so i thought that was kind of interesting um but right after this we get the makeover scene yeah yeah yeah. every every good rom-com needs a makeover scene this is what i like about this movie though is that it's a rom-com kind of put on its head in a way it's not your you know your normal average feel-good rom-com it has these like twists and turns but then it has scenes like this where it's just like the rom-com makeover scene and she gets immediately catcalled after walking out she also looks she looks good it's Cher dude she looks real good how old is Cher now she was 41 in 1987 and that is 35 years 34 years ago yeah so she's now like 75 i i I bet you she still looks great she does not um what (laughs) she then gets home and i do think like no just no one happens to be home right the grandfather's walking the dogs olympia dukakis is doing something on her own I guess she's getting ready to go to dinner because like this movie takes all, like I said, this movie takes place in like three days. But I just think it's funny that her whole setting the mood scene with like putting a fire on and getting dressed is just like, it's purposely not interrupted by any of the other characters that like also live in this house. And it kind of doesn't make sense that they would all be gone at the same time. Right. Uh, Especially like how many times does this grandfather have to have to walk his nine dogs? How late <laughs> is he out with them? Right. I love how that's just a character too. There's this old ass man. He's the grandfather. And what's his weird character thing? Oh, he has like seven dogs. He loves his dogs. Um, so we get to the opera and she's kind of wearing the, uh, like the Dorothy Ruby red slippers and like they hone in on them. Right as she gets out of the cab. Um, and it's also funny too, is then you see Nicolas Cage in like a full fitted tux and you're like, he had his own makeover scene that we just like didn't get to see. <laughs> like he went through this whole process to make him look respectable too, because in the beginning he did not. He got a shave, slicked his hair back and everything. Look, David, this isn't, this movie wasn't made in 2020. Okay, we're not going to get the male makeover scene. We're not there yet in cinema. So It's unfortunate that we've had to fight this long. And we're still not all the way there, honestly. We got one in Wonder Woman 84 with, um, what's his face, makeover Chris, scene? Chris Pine? 
Chris Pine's makeover scene, yeah. Uh, at the opera, Cosmo is also there with his date, so you know that that's going to come to a head. And then Rose, the mom, uh, goes to dinner alone, but Frazier's dad once again gets wine thrown in his face. So then they have dinner together. So we got Come all on. this going on. Oh, we do. I have a question. Is that the same girl that threw wine in his face the first time? Or is this a different young brunette gal? It's a different one of his students. It is. Okay. I thought he definitely has a type. Young. It's, it's, it's impressionable women that take his classes. That's his type. <laughs> I, I do think that you couldn't do that scene today without like more pushback on how wrong it is that he's dating his students right i feel like you couldn't do a lot of this movie without more pushback on how wrong certain characters are like what well it's not you know i think you you have to have this uh uh, this very like harsh consent with between nick cage and Cher nowadays that you just did not have in this movie uh, I mean, I think when I saw him like kind of force the kiss on her, like, oh, that's not great. But then when she immediately reciprocates, I think from then on, so, and she verbalizes like, I want this. So I don't necessarily, and, and you know, he keeps asking her to come in, but he never, he never is overly aggressive about it. He's just like professing his love. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have a problem. I'm sure people do on the internets have a problem with it but i didn't think any of that (laughs) hashtag cancel moonstruck (laughs) nick nick cage is fucking done he's 34 you you can't you can't kill nick cage's career it's impossible um and this is where we get the mom asks uh perry (laughs) it's only impossible i'm sorry it's only impossible because nick cage has tried to kill his own career and failed so well, he's just, I mean, he's making movies with like Eastern European financiers now about like Chuck E. Cheese's that come alive and like, you know, how his great pig he gets is stolen. as an actor. That one looks great. I'm in on that one. And I've heard <laughs> Pig is good too. Um, but this is when Olympia Dukakis asks uh, Sean Mahoney about why men ch- chase women. And uh, he says it's because they fear death, which is funny because she doesn't really, it doesn't seem like she accepts that answer from him but she when accepts johnny, it from everyone else yeah when johnny says it later on she's like exactly exactly right thank you for answering my question i'm actually surprised johnny was able to say it say <laughs> gave the correct answer in that moment out of everything we've seen him fuck up up till that point <laughs> i was like he's gonna say something dumb he tried it i think he tried it first um so the Fraser's dad walks Olympia Dukakis home. And I thought it was so funny that she's probably the like the most pure character. She is. She's the purest character in this. She's not actually cheating like her daughter and husband. And yet the grandfather catches her. <laughs> I love the look of disgust he gives her later when she gets home. And you know her, she's just like, ah, fuck, I have to deal with this. Like, God, oh, this asshole. Like. Although it and it's not really... even her dad. It's her husband's dad. No, exactly. That, yeah, I know. That's why she knows, like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with this. Um, back at the opera, we get a handhold, which I think is uh, so cute of them, that, like showing their affection for each other. But she's, like, really into the opera, which she didn't expect to be. Um, and then afterwards, she sees her dad. And I think it's funny. She calls him out, and then the dad's like, well, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> even though he's probably happy that she's cheating on Johnny because – as we keep discussing, she does, he does not like Johnny. Well, he's also probably happy because it's like, now I have something on you. It's like, you don't tell your mother. I won't tell your mother. We good. Although I feel like it's exactly. way worse on his end though. You know, I know. And I think the, the mom basically already knows, you know, she doesn't, she, she's like, why were you out all night? And she's like, I don't want to tell her, but she, she pretty much knows. Um, so then, this all leads to kind of the, the end of the movie where Olympia Dukakis gets home. Perry's like really trying to get, get in there. And she's like, nah, I can't invite you in. I love the line of, she's like, I can't because I'm married and I know who I am. Yeah. She's like, I'm not the person that does this. 
Uh, and then he tries to invite her back to his place, and she's just like, "All right, buddy, but like we're dead here." Breaks. Uh, I was actually surprised at that. He breaks his type. Well, his type hasn't been working out much for him lately, so he's got to break the type. Um, and then you know Nicholas Cage is walking Cher home and just keeps keeps after her. Um, it's it's so with a huge personality like Nick Cage and Cher, it's really hard to say Ronnie and Loretta, you know, because it's just you're watching this whole movie and you're thinking, well, damn, that's Nicholas Cage and Cher. <laughs> it is. Yeah, which is why I keep referring to them that way. Um, and eventually she kind of relents and she comes upstairs with him. And it, it that part really makes sense to me because it's like, you know, she agreed to go to the opera. And yeah, you could say it's because she like, oh, this will get him out of her life. But I mean, she went to the opera in part because she has feelings for him, right? Like, you probably it, wouldn't. Well, if it truly was for that, then why get all made up? That's, yeah. I, exactly. I, also, I also love when they were both like super made up and they couldn't find themselves in front of the Met. Like they couldn't recognize themselves because they were so, you know. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. So right after this, this part like kind of cracked me up because you see a plane landing. And then you see the camera shows a guy, but from the like below the neck down for like 30 seconds, like in the airport. And you're like, listen, I know you're not introducing some new fucking character with 20 minutes left of this movie. This is clearly Johnny. <laughs> and then they show his face and you're like, okay, what, like, what was the secrecy for? Like no one was tricked except for the fact that you're like, you flew out two days ago. Why the fuck are you home already? Right, right, right. And then there's this whole gag where he gets into the taxi but leaves his bags on the sidewalk. So he has to go back, get his bags. And then he he gets to the place, he leaves his bag in the taxi, he has to go back, get the bags. Um, but he goes straight to Loretta's parents' house. He does. It's, a, it's definitely a choice. And I love when Olympia Dukakis opens the door and she's like, you moving in? <laughs> and he's like, what? Oh, no. Um, so then they have their chat. She asked, and we already talked about this. She asked him, why do men hunt women? Uh, He's such a fucking loser. Everything that he does, every word that comes out of his mouth, it's just like, you know, it's going to be wrong. And I love it. I love how much this movie is unrelentlessly reminds us that he is a putz, you know? Yep. And then Cosmo gets home and she's like, where were you? And he's like, I don't know where I've been and I don't know where I'm going. It's weird. She's just like, she's just like accepts that answer. But one thing that like struck me on this, and I'm sure you're the same way, but my wife knows where I am pretty much every minute of every day. Not like, I'm not like whipped. I'm not giving her updates on the drive, but if I just like grab my keys, she'd be like, where are you going? I'd be like, I'm going here. Yeah. Like it would be weird for me to not tell her. And so it's just like, like the fact that, I mean, any, like you would at least have to come up with a lie, but for him to just be like, I don't know where I was. I, I guess also it's just, we have cell phones now. It's very easy to keep, you know, um, tell people where you are for the, for 1987. I guess that's true. Just the fact that you could just be like, oh, well, I I left from work and then, yeah. No, I agree with that part of it. And that part, I mean, that the fact that she was also at dinner. He didn't know if she was at dinner alone. You know, it's not like she texted him and was like, hey, um, Frazier's dad just joined me at my table. FYI. He's trying to hit this. I might let him. Yes. How, how does that make you feel? I'm not sure who I am right now. Maybe I'll figure it out by the walk home. <laughs> um, so then it's the next day. Cher gets there to back to her home after doing like the walk of shame home in the clothes she, she left in. Um, 
I love when she gets she gets there and uh her mom is just like, Oh, well the mom recovered. And Cher's like, It's modern times, there aren't supposed to be miracles anymore. And the mom's like, Well, I guess it's not modern times in Sicily. Because like <laughs> she's fine. Um and then just the doorbell keeps ringing. And I love this gag. Like first, I the mom goes to open the door, Olympia Dukakis, Rose, and Ronnie's there. And she just like, she just knows what everything is now. She just like emets, lets him in right now. She's like, whatever, who cares? And I do think she was probably more judgmental to what her daughter was doing because she was being cheated on at the same time by her husband. Right. Um, I love Johnny's like, I want to meet the family. And Rose is like, would you like some oatmeal? And Cher goes, no, he doesn't want oatmeal. And he's like, yes, Mrs. Castorini, I would love oatmeal. <laughs> like, I'm not leaving. You, you called him Johnny. You meant Ronnie. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, very confusing. I don't blame if only, you. If only their names were slightly different. Um, and then, uh, what's his name? Cosmo joins the table. Yeah, Cosmo joins the table. I love Cosmo's look when he like sees Johnny there and he just like recognizes from the night before and he's like he's like oh sorry when he sees Ronnie there and he recognizes from the night before he's like oh I'm Johnny's brother he like gives him a look like oh oh shit oh this has gotten even better and like the night before too when he sees Johnny uh Danny Aiello he like kind of is like reveling in the fact that his daughter is cheating on him because of how much he dislikes him right he's like talking to him in riddles about like how you need to keep watch and he's like what are you saying he's like well i'm not saying anything i can't say anymore he's like but you didn't say anything and i was like and i can't say anything <laughs> yeah uh, that was great um and then the grandfather joins right uh yes he does and there's and he- one more seat at the table which you're thinking okay johnny is the next person that's gonna fill that seat at the table um, but before we get another doorbell ring, we get this thing where Rose confronts Cosmos about his cheating, his infidelity. It, yeah, she basically just out of nowhere is like, I want you to stop seeing her. His reaction is so weird. He, like, he stands up, hits the table, which is just like him like pitching a fit, and then sits back down and he's like, okay. And then he gives this speech about like, oh, my, my life is built on nothing. And the day you figure that out. And she's like, your life is not built on nothing. Te amo. And then he says something back, but in the end, it's te amo too. And so now I guess their marriage is fixed. Like that's all wrapped neatly in a bow. You don't uh, know? You, Everything gets solved at this scene. With a te amo. Um, you did skip over the part where when the grandfather walks up, he's like, you must pay for the wedding of your only daughter. And Cosmo immediately agrees. Cause he's like, Oh, well this wedding's not happening. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the doorbell rings and the dad's like, Loretta, you got to just tell him the truth. Cause they're going to find out anyway. It's like the dad's still pissed. Like he, he puts so little effort into cheating and because and when he gets found out, he's like still mad about it. But then you're right. The aunt and uncle walk in and they're immediately like, uh, Loretta, what did, uh, what have you been up to? She's like, Oh shit. The deposit it's right here. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't think you took it. Like, Oh, we, we knew you didn't take it. It was just a mistake. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because it was never like the film never alluded like when she went to pick up the money that um you know it was like a lingering shot of her putting the money in her purse or like um like we as the audience had no idea what what the fuck they're talking about right i remembered the scene of her doing it but it's like and it is over very quickly but you you are like you, there's no this isn't uh this isn't psycho we didn't think she took the money <laughs> like to start a new life with Ronnie. Um, um, the other thing is, is that it, it had me thinking for a split second that she used the money for the makeover. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe she doesn't get paid enough as a, uh, as a bookkeeper. I do also like, you're right. Like there was one seat left and then the aunt and uncle show up and the uncle sits down and the aunt is just standing there all awkward. None of the men of the, of the family offer her 
the seat, which I find kind of rude. Yeah, well, she shouldn't have fucking just showed up out of nowhere, you know? I mean, like, everyone was eating. She's just drinking coffee. Just stand up. <laughs> um, but Johnny finally shows up. And this is a scene we kind of already covered, but we got it, you know. It's, yeah, I think it's the best scene of the movie, uh, we, you know, starting from when Sherry gets home. I think this whole ending is really, really great. Um, but then he just, he's like, oh, I need to tell you something in private. And she's like, oh, no. You know, just tell me now. And he's like, okay. no, no. She goes, she like points. She's like, I need my family's support. I didn't find that to be as an important line as you did, I guess. Uh, and he's like, I can't marry you. And then I love that she gets mad about it. And then Nicholas Cage is like, wait, why are you upset about this? Like, this seems to be great. And she's like, with like, not so many words, but just like everyone gets the contact. She's like, but he made a promise to me. So I'm like, I don't want to marry him anymore, but I'm pissed that he's like, did this to me. Yeah. But do you think this like just wraps up too nicely? Like too pretty with a bow? Yeah. It's a rom-com though. I guess, but every, it's just, everything else is so like messy. And this is just like, well, everything's fixed now. So basically we already went over why he doesn't want to marry her and it makes no fucking sense, but we'll just gloss over that um, with his mother. Um, and you I like, wrapped, you, you know what it wrapped up more nicely is he makes the flight over there. The mom lives and then he dies on the flight back. He dies. Yeah. Johnny. The plane, Johnny the plane, finally, the plane finally yeah. blows up. Yeah. No, Johnny's not a bad guy. He's just a putz, you know, he's just, he's I just, know, but I'm saying, but then he's out of the way. He's already out of the way. Cause he wants to be out of the way. You no asked one has if it, to, you, no one has to die. You just asked if it wrapped up too nicely. I give you a way it could have wrapped up differently. And you're just like, want to argue about it. <laughs> I don't understand. You want to kill off a character who's just an idiot and has done nothing wrong. I feel like that's, that's wrong. That's an injustice. I didn't say I wanted to kill him off. I was giving you options. It just feels like you want to kill him off, man. He's kind of a putz. Oh, my God. Fuck, fuck that guy. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, fuck, fuck Ronnie, too. And Cosmo? Fuck Cosmo. Okay. Well, now that you've got that all out of your system, um, Let's... Fuck Fraser's dad. Well, no, definitely fuck him. Yeah, um, um, I do like so. She, he's like, you know, I if if I marry you, my mom will die, and I need the ring back. And she throws the ring at him. <laughs> and then immediately, like I think, as the I, at least I saw it coming. Immediately, I know like Ronnie's like, hey, will you marry me? And I need that ring back, Johnny. <laughs> I just like fuck. I have to hand it over. Yeah, I just love how quick that is. She's like. Um, so we're not getting married and throws the ring back. And then the dad is like, so there is no marriage. And then Ronnie's like, will you marry me Loretta? So there is a marriage. It's like, and then the ring, and then he gets down on, does he get down on one knee? He doesn't. And she made a big deal about that with Johnny. And then with Ronnie, because it's true love, she doesn't care about that. You know? Right. My favorite part of this though, is then Cosmo turns to his dad and he's like, pops, what's the matter? Why are you crying? He's like, He's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And then, um, and that's how the movie ends. Oh, right. So they're all like hugging. And then there's this like quick little scene where I think it was Cosmos that goes over to Johnny. It was the grandpa. It was the grandpa that goes over to Johnny and he's like, give me a hug boy or something like that. And he's like, what? Why? He's like, you're family now. <laughs> and Johnny's like, the family it's like all that guy ever wanted was like a a family now I, I was a little i was like why are you so upset you didn't want to marry her like this has worked out for everyone and i mean it makes sense that he got over it so quickly but he goes over to him to hand him the wine and he's like you know you're part of the family now and then he like gets over it very quickly but yeah i was like why are you even upset like you didn't want to marry her that's another detail we never talked about is why do they put a one sugar cube in the glass of champagne? I don't know. You noticed that, right? Probably something Italian. No, I didn't notice it. Oh yeah. Every like when, uh, when Loretta goes to her dad to first tell him that they, uh, they're getting married. Um, he pours 
him and her a glass of wine, champagne, I don't know. I think it's champagne. And then drops a single sugar cube in each one. And same thing happens at the at the last scene too. You know, you sure it's not like an ice cube? It's just like a bad DVD copy you have? I'm it's super, I'm pretty sure it's a sugar cube. Did you notice that when Cher walks into the uh, the the store, bakery, whatever bullshit owned by her aunt and uncle, that there's a famous couple that walks out? If, uh, I noticed the couple. But so, I Mr. and Mrs. Scorsese, the parents of uh, one Martin Scorsese. Oh, that's cool. I'm really glad that you made me watch this movie. I would have never, never, like, more than Evolution, more than a bunch of the other crap you made me watch. Excuse me. That, I mean, the one that comes to mind is, uh, what's the Robin Williams one? With Dead Poets Society? Dead Poets Society. Robin Williams, great in that movie. Overall, hate that movie. Um, Such so weird that you hate that movie. I've, it's I'm, just so poorly, like, oh, God, the story. But I, more than all those, I would have never watched Moonstruck absolutely never and it was delightful nicholas cage's odd acting choices aside i thought Cher was great in it and i love the last scene i love the like the music cues and like the just you know i think manhattan is probably like a much more new york movie like but this is such a, like a cool new york movie and it, like it's just really like all comes together with the last scene so i really loved it I was 99% sure that you were going to love Dead Poet Society. So what a hot take you had about hating it. And then I was 99% sure that you were going to hate this movie. So I'm actually very pleased that somehow the universe balanced it out with you loving this movie. Because I really like this movie. So it, it makes, me, makes me happy that, that you enjoyed it too. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of... I finally watched I'm Milan. And this is David, and I finally watched Moonstruck.